Peace. Welcome to uh, In My Mind Podcast. And uh, today I got a, a special guest with me, <laughs> one of my uh, uh, former colleagues. Um, I have uh, EB with, with us. How you doing, EB? I'm doing mighty fine. How are you, Carter? I'm, do- I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. It's been a while since I've been trying to get you on. My pleasure. Listen, you know, life was life so I'm just doing the best I can here. Hey, that's that's all we can do, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, this is your first time on the podcast. The first time you ever being on the podcast. It is, yes, yeah. Okay. Got you, got you. Like, what have you yeah. heard about being on? What you do you listen to podcasts? Like, what's your thoughts about podcasts in general? Listen, now I've heard a, a, quite a few podcasts, and okay, um, you know, it's usually some good information they be sharing on those. So, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully, you, hopefully, you can bless us. Like, I know you <laughs> with some of your wisdom. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do the best I can. And your, persp- and your perspectives um but yeah why don't you uh tell us a little bit about yourself i mean you know career-wise whatever you feel comfortable with sharing um mm-hmm. go ahead you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself absolutely sure so let's see i've been in the game now for over a decade um i have right. worked in many different types of settings so i've worked as an in-home therapist i've worked in schools with children with behavioral uh, concerns. I've worked in inpatient rehab facilities. I've worked outpatient. I've worked in jails. Uh, so basically, I, I get around, you know, I'm one of those people that kind of enjoy different experiences in life. And I am currently working in an outpatient uh, capacity seeing individual clients. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, then. Yeah. All right. And um, all right. So, so, so in my mind podcast, I just talk about things that, you know, I think about <laughs> and it's mainly trying to talk about stuff related to uh, mental health. All right. And so, you know, I put you on just to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, the idea and, and the question of, um, you know, when is it time to see a therapist, you know, again, when is it time to see a therapist? And then maybe we can also discuss some of, I guess some of the thoughts or preconceived notions people might have about therapy in general. And um, I figure we just talk about that a little bit. We can just explore that, that question of like, when is it time um, to see, to see a therapist? So, all right. So, so I'll, I'll bring it up to you. When do you think it's time for an individual to see a therapist? I love this question. I'm going to go with yesterday because it is, I mean, I hold, I feel very strongly about this. I feel like therapy can be beneficial to any and everyone. Okay. Tell us more. You sound convicted. <laughs> I, listen, I'm just trying yeah. to tell you what it is. You know, I think that Oftentimes people kind of view therapy as like my problems have to be big enough to go Uh when it doesn't necessarily need to be that. It could be I just need a space where I feel like I can share some thoughts or process something that maybe I'm struggling to process on my own or, you know, be able to feel uh, like I'm not being judged by someone. Um, Maybe I just need reassurance that I'm, you know, 
I'm not the only person that feels this way. Or there are so many reasons why someone can go to therapy. But I would say the biggest misconceived notion about therapy is, you know, my problems have to be of this caliber for me to go. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes what we do is we compare ourselves to people, you know, as worse as this person or, you know, I don't mm-hmm. talk to myself when I versus my cousin, you know, or, uh, mm-hmm. I can sit still or, or it's nothing. Yeah. So, you know, I don't see it's not there or something like that. Or, or yeah. you know, we try to min- minimize some of the things that we go through. And also kind of what you were saying, like, you know, trying to, one thing about therapy, it can make uh, some of the things that we go through, you know, and experience. Hmm. But what I think that occurred with some people, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you might have some little bit just because the people that you're around are dysfunctional too. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you know it's normal. <laughs> so it's like you know anything different. So I'm like everybody else. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know it's nothing nothing wrong. Sometimes when we to, to know a lot of stuff and um, you know people exposure kind of like a lack of into it and so we're like all right well everybody else like this and you know so there's nothing wrong with me so you know i think that kind of plays a role and, too and i mean you're, you you ain't lying about that but also in addition to that there's there's also this idea of like well you know my my girlfriend or my my friend my guy over there my dude you know my problems aren't as big as his or hers or theirs or whatever mm-hmm. and you know so i I don't think therapy's for me because my problems are not, you know, as they got a lot going on. Me, I just have this little concern I have, but um, that's not the case, you know. And I'll speak honestly as a person who attends therapy myself and used to believe that, you know, I would, I would kind of say to myself like, well, I don't know if I necessarily need therapy, X, Y, Z, whatever, provide whatever excuse, fill in the blank. And I can honestly say that since I have been in therapy, which has been well over two years now, it is incredible having that space and being able to feel validated and understood. I didn't really uh, know the true value of that before therapy, Mm. you know, and don't get me wrong. I have wonderful friends. I have a wonderful spouse. And everybody shows me love and care and, you know, strives to understand me. But it's just different. It's just different. It's a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that I, I always can see when I talk about this question, when's the time to see a therapist? It, it, in my opinion, is really when it's affecting your, your current level of functioning, you know, <laughs> hmm. when, when you can't. You know, do the things that you would normally do. You're not feeling like yourself, mm. um, and it's becoming too frequent. <laughs> you know, yeah. too often, and kind of like in a sense, you feel like you're kind of like stuck. You know, stuck stuck in life. Mm. And um, it's kind of when I think it's you know it's 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 time. Those like signs, in my opinion, that hey, if I don't do something, um, you know, it might not get any better. So I think that's kind of like when it's for some people. Um, you know, when it's time to say like, okay, I might need to get professional uh, help mm-hmm. with some of the mm-hmm. things I'm going through. Because to a certain extent, you know, we weren't born to be on an island, uh, island you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, we kind of need each other and, and 
therapy kind of provides that safe, safe atmosphere, you know? I agree with you 100%. And I would also like to add to that, that one of the things I love about these up and coming generations is their perspective on therapy. Mm, okay. I, I feel like, I feel like with each generation, we get a little bit more accepting of attending therapy and breaking generational traumas and processing how we actually feel about things and not stuffing things or not excusing them or writing them off. And this current generation, from what I have seen, is all about healing. And I am on board with that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I guess to a certain extent, you know, you kind of got to look at what each generation was facing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, like it, it's more acceptable. It's talked about a lot more. And again, you know, maybe people are trying to capitalize off of that, <laughs> you know, some of the things that, you know, we go through and also social, social media, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you even think about it in terms of like mass shootings, if there's mm-hmm. any type of hate crimes, injustice, people are consuming this stuff, like the vicarious trauma, like people are consuming these atrocities that's occurring and, you know, got access to them 24 <laughs> seven, you know, uh, within their phone. And so my opinion, I think, cause we, you know, the social media push ha- has really made it like, Hey, you know, we are so, we can accept, uh, we can uh, ex- access so much stuff that could be so traumatic that at one time we probably had to, you know, hear about, or, you know, uh, through the news, but they wouldn't show it. But now, man, they would like, you know, shoot, so someone get shot, you can look at it, it look mm-hmm. just like you. And, you know, and to a certain extent, in my opinion, it's become popular to talk about mental health. Like I know um, the Breakfast Club, talk about anxiety, mm-hmm. open up about him getting, um, seeing, a, seeing a doctor in the meds. So it's almost like, mm-hmm. yeah, like now, I just became like more, um, you know, it's, it, acceptable to kind of talk about and you think about it in terms of like a lot of pastors in my opinion a lot of the messages have haven't really i know i'm kind of rambling but a lot of the pastors sometimes their 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 messages are really talking more about stuff in my opinion it's like mental health like getting over rejection mm-hmm. getting over um mm-hmm. you know doing unforgiveness uh watching your thoughts you know uh, mm-hmm. and so like a lot of my opinion a lot a lot of push get people to kind of like cope with life a lot more because of the advance of social media and now it's like possible for us to see this stuff man this traumatic stuff like it once you know t- you know years to like look you know what I mean? like, I hear about but now yeah. it's like it's right on our phone we can look at it now we want to so yeah. easily access it yeah mm. and so i know i know people who are very um like kind of uh, hesitant about viewing certain content and will put kind of certain blocks or filters on their um, social medias or, you know, they're just very cognizant of what they're putting in their bodies, right? And so <clears throat> it, <laughs> it, it's hard to get away from like flashing newsflash, um, this atrocity just happened and then it's spread amongst you know, all the channels of the news, all of social media is all over it. And it's all they're showing over and over and over again. And some of the clients that I've worked with have shared with me 
that they can no longer watch the news. They can no longer participate in certain so, certain circles in social media um, because it's just too much for them. It's overwhelming. It's creating anxiety for them. Um, it's for some people, they're like, this is the end of days, you know? And so we have to find a way to kind of process that and work through it. Now, do we look at those people and go, oh, well, you just need to toughen up and you're weak-minded? Absolutely not, you know? And I think that that is probably an old, an older mindset of, you know, we need to be a people of thick skin. I think we just need to be a people who are more mindful of what we are giving ourselves access to. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you talk about a lot of times with, you know, anxiety, and a lot of these different diagnoses, it's like exposure, you know. And my opinion to a certain extent, not a conspiracy theorist, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. again, if I want to, my opinion, control people, I will use fear. And one thing about programming is if you mm-hmm. keep hearing something over and over again, it, you know, <laughs> it'll be true like you know you develop these mantras if you you know about says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god if you keep hearing something over and over again you're probably gonna start believing it you know mm-hmm. and, and and yeah and it, and it does have an impact on us i remember i was telling the, i was telling the client i was talking about you know you got to be careful about like advertising and and advertisement and stuff because do you i read a book and it was saying how you know, in these corporations, they don't necessarily always use like marketing people backgrounds. They also use psychologists because, again, they know about the mind and like how to, you know, with different colors and different slogans and where to put mm-hmm. different words. A lot of times that can um, have an impact on, you know, people and stuff like that. And it's just like kind of like programming them to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like you said, yeah, we definitely got to be, you know, to a certain extent. You know, some people aren't even aware that that's even affecting them. So I think therapy can help out with that too, like increasing level of awareness as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't know how to stress it enough. I think that I, a long time ago I heard the phrase like "garbage in, garbage out." You know? Mm-hmm. And it's always stuck with me. I, even if I try to get away from it, it's just kind of stuck with me. But when I think about it the things that we consume become a part of us. And so I definitely try to encourage my clients currently to consume positivity, to, um, you know, meditate on positivity, to practice mindfulness, um, positive self-talk, things of that nature. Because I think there truly is power in your words, like you said, with like mantras and programming and things like that. Um, there's definitely power in and the ability to change that comes with with those things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely, absolutely, and, and kind of like uh, one one of the things techniques I use is the cognitive behavior therapy uh, theory, in a sense, looking at how our thoughts create our emotions, and you know, my opinion, to an extent, if you want to um, change your results. Or decrease sometimes sometimes the anxiety in a sense is kind of to to uh, to change what we think, you know, combating those negative thoughts. And, and it's amazing how you know that enlightenment. A lot of clients can see like, okay, yeah, that that's that's kind of true. You know, I never really thought about that. How you know my thoughts or my words can perpetuate my anxiety. 
right? It can perpetuate mm-hmm. my, my, my fears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they necessarily wouldn't get it because some people would be like, some people had the idea of, uh, I heard this, people say, man, therapy don't work. You know, I can, you can talk to me and I could, <laughs> I could, uh, you know, help you. Um, and, and, you know, one thing about a therapist, in my opinion, is they, they use like clinical interventions. And what I mean by that is they'll, they'll just do different things to, to um, bring out um, you know, different level of awareness uh, with the, the client. And, um, you know, also to be able to make sure that the client is, is um, you know, needs are being met in a professional way um, with, those, with those clinical interventions and stuff like that, like, you know, like you was just talking about um, as well. So that is definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely something beneficial. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just <laughs> gonna remark on something you said, um, and it well, it it brought up another thought in me. I've had a few clients, no, multiple clients, who have kind of come to me and said, you know, their that therapist was not good, or therapy didn't work for me, or you know, fill in the blank with their perspective. And I, because I always like to ask my clients at, at our first meeting, like, what are, how are you, what are your experiences with counseling how were they for you can you kind of share with me some of those experiences and you know when I hear someone say it was a negative or report or negative experience often my kind of follow-up question for them is you know how long did you attend the sessions and surprising surprisingly enough that the person will share with me um well you know I think I saw them for, you know, two sessions or, you know, three sessions. And this is not to say that you will never get a terrible therapist, right? I mean, everybody has their own faults. Everybody has, we're humans. Therapists are humans too, right? And that's just facts. But when I hear someone say, you know, they were terrible and I only saw them for one or two sessions, it definitely makes me want to ask more questions. A terrible experience with therapy um, or a terrible experience with a certain therapist. And automatically that tells me, you know, I, I want to be more mindful of this client because therapy should never be a tool for harm, um, but is put in place to help people. And I know in that moment, I need to kind of assess what it was that kind of created these feelings in this person and how do we address them? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times in therapy, like you really are as a therapist picking up the pieces, right, of the, uh, you know, the individual and, and, and like you said, some of that is a bad experience with a therapist. And I think, and I think that's, that's, that is really true because at the end of the day, you know what I learned doing outpatient is that a lot of clients will will go through multiple therapists. You know, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like yeah, you know, that's a good point. Like in, in the sense that mm-hmm. they have to find somebody who they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And you know what I what I don't like is you know because you know I'm, I'm black and what I found is sometimes, uh, especially. So black parents would want me, especially women, would want me to work with their son. Mm. And it's kind of like, and, and I think it's almost, it's almost because, you know, and they'll say it, it's because I'm black and they would think that, 
their um you know their son or daughter will relate better right open up mm-hmm. to a black therapist and maybe mm-hmm. again maybe because that's what they heard on tv or maybe that's just kind of an assumption but and what i've seen is like i don't really think it you know works that way you know sometimes it, it can like it, you know it's always variables right <laughs> as a not an anomaly and but yeah but it's almost like um it might, it might can, but it's almost like it, it doesn't mean it's not like something that's um, that's true all the time. Mm. You know, a person has to really be comfortable with the, my opinion, the, the character, and it's, and if they can mm. trust that particular, you know, therapist. And sometimes it's not just by identity, you know. Right, and like I think that um, it's it's about preference too. For some people, they prefer. To culturally choose their therapists, right? Mm-hmm. Some people prefer to choose their therapist based off of other things, race, religion, age. You mm-hmm. know, all of all of these different options are out in the world. And I can give you an example. I was meeting with a client, and this particular client <laughs> just kind of stared at me like I was strange, you know. Yeah. And it it could be because I I appear. Like my actual appearance maybe makes me look like I'm young. And this this person just kind of questioned, like, you have your degree? And mm. I said, yes, I do. I have my master's degree, yeah. you know? And, and, and I said, and I have a license, right? Mm. I'm oh, a licensed <laughs> professional counselor. I yeah. have been doing this for well over a decade. And it was like disbelief. Like they were just kind of stuck, like, I don't know about this. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and that's okay because that was their preference and they couldn't get past whatever they couldn't get past. And that's all right. And I feel like as a clinician myself, sometimes even I have to check my preference and say, do I feel comfortable working in this situation? Right. Because I want to be able to give my all to my client, just like I'm going to ask my client to give me their all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll see what I... (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. Agree, hundred percent with that. That's a good, good point about the um, about the preference. But sometimes, as a therapist, it's a lot harder for us to to just you know change clients. Like they could change therapists. So you know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's time to see a therapist. You make you want to make sure that you are definitely you know comfortable with a particular therapist, and, and it's kind of like not strange. It's like anything we're dealing with in life. You know, if we. See, we going for me. I like shopping, so I go to H and M and I get a bad experience. Right? <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm not gonna go to another H and M. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I think uh, the, in my opinion, a certain extent, um, from a client's perspective, it takes a lot of courage, right? Because wow. again, you are really going against some, you know, what uh, perception. You, you know, you could be going against what. You know, what you might have heard. So it's a lot that, in my opinion, that gets you to that point of like, all right, you know, I've heard these things about therapy. I didn't have a great experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to work. You know, my dad said it don't work. Somebody might say it's for crazy people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to take this chance and take this step and, and go out and, and try to initiate, um, you know, getting mm-hmm. getting assistance with whatever I'm dealing with. And, and some people are working against their own culture, right? Their culture may say mm. mental health is not real or we don't do that type of thing. Some people are working against their own parents' perception of them, right? Mm-hmm. And some people, like, I can't, ima- I can't imagine 
what it's like for someone to sit in front of me that I have never met before and for them to share the things that have scarred them deeply, right? Mm. And, I, and I am a stranger, right? And granted, I am trained to help them, but just that experience alone, it, it calls on their bravery. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's kind of what, what I tell clients, especially the first the first session is, you know, this is really about building rapport and like, hey, you don't you're not stuck with me, <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. giving them that power back, like, hey, you know, you you aren't you aren't stuck with me here, you know, whatever it is, you're not stuck with mm-hmm. me, and if you feel like it's not a good fit, perfectly fine, I'll not get into my emotions, <laughs> right, and um, you know, <laughs> I I want you to do that because I don't want you to be here if you don't want to be here, you know. Because yes. I, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of it takes a lot of a lot of confidence and self awareness to be able to say that as a therapist because you know it's about that person's um, healing and that person's journey and mm-hmm. their decision to like get a new therapist doesn't have nothing to do with me. Mm. Oh, and, that's good. And, and, and so I, even even what I want to transition to was about there was a um, there was a journal, article I saw how. I, I don't know the validity of it, but it was, I think it was psychology today, but it was saying how interpersonal like relationships might cause mental health issues for, for, for that spouse, for the other, um, for that partner. Hmm. Um, and so like, yeah, just like in a relationship, you know, a lot of times, a certain extent, right? A lot of times, a certain extent, I won't say a lot of times, sometimes, you know, somebody might say, hey, you know, I need to leave the situation and I don't want to be with you anymore. Sometimes they're not really because of you or something you did or didn't do, you know, it might mm-hmm. not have nothing to do with you. It might just be the person like, hey, you know, they they're just not ready or mm-hmm. they don't want to do you know do the relationship anymore. Um, yeah. What? So I said I say all that to say, what are some of like some of the, I guess as a therapist, like what are some of the symptoms or some of the challenges you're you know you're seeing, um, you know, within your practice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Before I before I address that, I want to go back to something you just shared. And I've been seeing a lot of content lately that talks about what it looks like to be a healthy person mm. in in a relationship uh, with an unhealthy person, right? And the content off often centers around the unhealthy person, you know, kind of saying, "Well, you know, I I, I want out of this relationship." And the healthy person's response, according to the content, is to kind of acknowledge that and, and be like, okay, no problem, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to be in a relationship with me. Yeah, I agree. Right. And I think that sometimes we we struggle with that because we have built bonds and connections and we have spent time and energy and just ultimate deepness with this person. And it's hard to just let that go. Um, yeah, but that's yeah, interesting. Because it's like a certain level level of attachment, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the secure, secure attachment, the anxious avoidant. You know, so just so much. It's you know, my opinion just deals so much with your person's level of attachment. Yeah. Um, that they have, um, you know, formed with a particular person. So yeah, that's, that's always easier said than done, in my opinion. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, hurts the king go, but you all gonna feel the type of way. I mean, it is easier said than done, possibly. I think it goes back to what you just said, though. It depends on your attachment, right? Mm-hmm. 
if you have built a secure attachment and you know yourself, you know your boundaries, you know your worth, right? Then you may be ready to let go of something that is not ready for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree 100, 100% because, you know, you can really, um, yeah, like I, I, in my opinion, I, I started, I believe some whole hundred. 100% is that if you can't love yourself, I don't really think you need to. You know what I mean? You don't really need mm-hmm. to. You might need mm-hmm. to wait to be in a relationship because nobody is responsible for your happiness. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of time, my opinion, you can only give out of the cup of what you have. So if my cup is, you know, three-fourths, I can only give you three-fourths, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I can't really give you what I don't have. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, so... I be saying that's what you started there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. I'm not messing with you, Carter. Yeah. Um, I'm not messing with you. Yeah. So, what what are some of the challenges you, you see um, within your practice? I mean, I can share mine as well. So the challenges referring to what was that? Just you know, just clients you might see, and you don't got to go. You know, specifics. I mean, well, names. It could just be like, hey, is it more anxiety? You know, is it more? People oh, dealing with depression. I see. So my client, my clients' challenges. Yes, I would say the number one. I'm gonna say yeah. The number one diagnosis I see in my outpatient practice is very likely going to be depression. Um, with the number two coming in at a really close second is anxiety, and then number three, hands down is going to be communication. And um, oftentimes the communication is either with like parents or loved ones or some, sometimes rarely it's kind of, you know, I struggle with uh, making new friendships and, and, you know, those types of dynamics and social situations. But mostly it's, I'm not sure how to have a conversation with this person about X, Y, Z, right? Or when I try to have a conversation with this person, it, it doesn't go the way that I would like it to. And so that is probably the third thing that I often, often help people with. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, and, and with the, how do you feel like medication? Like you, you're a big proponent on clients being on, you know, psychomanets or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have, well, I have thoughts about that, but I thought you were going to share some about your experiences too. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, so mine is the same, the same. So a lot of um, anxiety, um, depression, uh, dealt with a little, a little bit of, uh, you know, grief, um, mm. infidelity, um, just dealing with, uh, stress-related stuff, or, or man, I just got some people just honestly just want to just talk, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just just need to talk to somebody about everyday stresses. So yeah, just want to connect, and it's and that and that's interesting because I never, you know, I'm not really, <laughs> you know, not doing like the clinical interventions as much as just more like shooting the breeze for somebody, and it's, mm-hmm. but 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 that's what that's what I'm saying, like. What people mm-hmm. need to understand is therapy can look look like what it needs to look like for you. You yes. know, therapy can be subjective, and it it, it it doesn't have to be so rigid. 
And it could yep. really be the way that you want to, you know, in a sense, make it. Of course, you got to find a therapist who you can connect with. Um, and, and, and um, but yeah, but it's kind of like the way that you make it, just kind of like anything in life. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we have these perceptions of we, we put stuff in a box and how things should be. And what happens is when we do it, we only th- look at it in one particular way. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why, you know, it, you know, if you do put stuff in a box, you got to take it outside of the box and put it close mm-hmm. to your face. So it won't um, so you won't have to be, you know, boxed in. Right. And so yeah. a lot of stuff I'm like, you know, we don't have to. It don't have to be one particular you know, certain stuff yeah. in one particular way. You know, like hey, I got to do my marriage this way. I got my, my what you know, I don't know, my career path or whatever might be this way. Mm-hmm. And no, I can, in a sense, uh, make it unique. Certain things, of course, like, you know, unique, uh, you know, to me and to my, and to my liking. Um, and I think that's what I think would, would stop people from um, seeking therapy. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be this one way. It had to be sitting on a couch or what you might perceive. Um, it's kind of like giving it a chance, like, if, you know, the exposure. And, right. and also, like, not putting it in a box. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, this is exactly what I was saying earlier. Sometimes therapy is just about reserving a space for someone, mm-hmm. right? I'm telling you, it's it, like you just said, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It does not have to look like, now I do have my clients that are like, you know, or have been like technique, technique, techniques. I need to know all of these different techniques so I can practice and do this and that. And that's awesome, right? And some sometimes I kind of have to approach it from a different um, avenue and, and just kind of say, <laughs> I'm holding the space for you to be your true authentic self. Um, you can share whatever it is that you'd like to share. And I will not hold judgment over you for that. And it, it, it's unbelievable how offering that space to someone changes their lives. It's really is kind of wild how many people have said to me, I have never told this to anyone before. Mm-hmm. Wow, they holding on that stuff like that? That long? Never. Wow. Never. And and you know, I obviously I can't reveal anything due to confidentiality, but some of the things that these people share, I mean there's so much hurt. There's so much hurt in this world. Mm. Mind blowing. So yeah. yeah, sometimes therapy just looks like reserving a space. You know, I had one client though, I'll say this and then I'm gonna pass the mic. Um, but I had one client who we had spent, you know, all session talking and, and it was really good. And at the end they were like, okay, great. When is the therapy going to start? <laughs> and I said, it's already started. Mm. Right. It's already started. You have already started the work. You showed up. You've been open and honest and spoke about things that you probably don't often speak about. And we are in it now. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, this is a good conversation. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I think so, too. So in closing, well, I guess we're closing. I don't know. Well, well not. Yeah, I want to leave you the last words. Go ahead. Leave the last oh, okay. Words. No, 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 no. Well, well, actually, I was just going to ask you one final question for myself. Uh-huh. Um, so do you have any advice or recommendations for people who 
are like kind of considering therapy anything like that uh yeah advice is you know nike mantra just do it uh, i would say <laughs> you can always check out psychology today which is a awesome uh, website to, to to look at and they'll show you the different therapists and i have a picture of the therapist as well and some of their expertise uh, their license and some of the things that uh, is their year experiences as well, right? And so I think that's mm-hmm. a good a good a good thing to kind of look at is expertise, right? Making sure you know whatever your symptoms symptoms you're having or whatever you're dealing with to kind of make sure that those expertise that a therapist might have might link up to what you you know what you need. And um, mm-hmm. also you know you you know you can also maybe look at preferences like do you want a male? Um, you know, do you want do you want some person of color? You know, kind of like looking at that as well, because that's again one of those things that's um, you know important, you know, too within the therapeutic process, because all it does that co- correlates with being uh, being comfortable. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I would say. Check out the Psychology Today or uh, some other websites <laughs> that you could mm-hmm. do. And um, yeah, so the, the first step is just to to just start, right? To just kind of like um, look and navigate through um, you know therapists that's um, that's available within your area. What psychology today is very um, user friendly. You can look at you know whatever state you're in, and you can look and see what therapists are available. They take your insurance, and you should be mm-hmm. able to reach out to them as well. So that's kind of what what I would suggest. Great, that's a great piece of advice. I love it. Just do it. And the piece about insurance, that is a super awesome piece of advice because oftentimes, I don't know if people know this, but oftentimes if you contact your insurance provider, they can tell you who is within network. So, Mm. you know, you can get services within network and not have to pay, you know, out the ass. I don't know if I can cuss on here. Okay. For services, you know, some people, maybe it's like, uh, $15 copay, $5 copay, $20 copay, right? Mm-hmm. And we, in the grand scheme of life, $15, $20, you know, once a week or once every two weeks to see growth change, you know, break trauma is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's worth it. And like you said, you know, just sticking with it, even though you might not see the, you know, the benefits right away. And you said mm-hmm. it's definitely an investment. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's important to investing in your mental health. Wow. Yes.